We are also continuing our Nehemiah series. We have absolutely loved our Nehemiah series, and so it was supposed to just last this month, but in, in our uh, staff uh, studies and hours and hours of preparation, uh, the pastors, myself, there's so much in Nehemiah that we're like, we can't squeeze it all into September. We've already stretched it out a few weeks past that, uh, but I have loved talking about Nehemiah what we can build, what we can rebuild in our lives. Today we're in uh, chapter number three, uh, predominantly, and we have a lot of the pastors and staff that's going to join me on the stage on the panel today. Would you welcome them as they come this morning? Hey, hey. So we have, yeah, get closer. I know you guys had a rough week, but uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> closer, closer. I'm just kidding. Uh, well, that's a big couch. <laughs> Babe, come on up and sit with them. Uh, come on up and sit. Just make the couch look fuller. <laughs> come on up. Come on up. Come on. <laughs> yeah. My wife loves last-minute curveballs. Um, anyone else you want to randomly call up? So I'm, I'm parking my truck this morning, and I look across as cars are circling, 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 and I see walking toward me my oldest daughter, Brooklyn. She surprised me and flew home from Alabama uh, and definitely surprised me. I'm glad Brooklyn is here uh, today. I love you, B. I'm proud of you. Um, so we've been talking out of Nehemiah. And today we're going to specifically continue the theme of we is greater than me. We is greater than me. And so we have all the way on the end on this panel today, uh, the best couch filler on the planet, uh, my wife. Uh, we have Pastor Josiah, who oversees care ministry, uh, helps oversee kids ministry, students ministry. Uh, I, I share this with the staff but people probably have no idea the running and running and more running that this man in the middle of the couch does. In any given day, he could be in Cleveland, Columbus, Knox County hospitals, all the while try, trying to juggle his stuff here. And I know I don't say it all the time publicly, Pastor Josiah, but you're amazing. I, even if people don't see it all the time, um, I appreciate all you do. So... Pastor Josiah and his wife, Whitney, are one of our location pastors here uh, at Belleville. Grateful for them. Another location pastor here in Belleville, so we have three of them, but another one would be Pastor Kristen. And Pastor Kristen is going to oversee SA all the time. You know, she is my brain, her and Alyssa now outside of me, always reminding the details, the admin. Uh, she also, mo mo most people, if, if you were to ask them, what does Pastor Kristen do at StorySide? People are going to say she leads worship, she writes songs. That really is just a piece of the pie. Uh, she does so, so, so much here at StorySide, uh, and we're thankful for her. But Pastor Kristen is on the panel today. Our third location pastor uh, is Pastors Matt and Desiree. Pastor Matt is traveling this weekend leading worship. Uh, Pastor Desiree handles the first impressions. So like parking lot, hospitality, greeting, ushers, all of those things Pastor Desiree would oversee as well as helping pastors. So with Pastor Josiah and Whitney, Pastor Kristen, Pastors Matt and Desiree, even though they are responsible for those 10 or 12 things each, uh, the three of them pastor the church as a whole. So even if there's something 
outside of their lane, you will see them just pastoring the entire campus. And so I'm really grateful that God brought the Neffs here, uh, and, and we're thankful for that. Next we have... Next we have the getting married in January. Uh, that this woman juggles so much. Uh, out of 20-some staff, there's probably not one staff person that almost weekly I'm like, you're good, right? You're okay, right? Like, I love you, right? Uh, because not, not only is she in school, which swamps a lot of people, uh, she pastors and leads and oversees Last year, I think it was around 1,600 kids, and uh, so she juggles a lot, mixed in with jobs and work, you know, outside of even here, and so, what, you know, a lot of people may see youth when they see Tawny, they may even see, wow, this needs work, and we need to improve this. When I see Tawny, I see someone who is strength and strong, and God is just beginning. I tell her all the time, as, as good as she does in kids' ministry, I see worship pastor and worship leader all over, and I love when we get a glimpse sometimes of her leading worship out here. Uh, but would you welcome Tani as well and let her know how much you appreciate her. And then all the way at the end, we have Kelly Meckes. Uh, Kelly oversees the pastor's team, uh, recently sold several different businesses in a new season of his life now where you are going to see Kelly doing some more pastoral care for us, uh, hospitals, nursing homes different things that Kelly's going to be helping us with, him and his wife, Michelle. And uh, so we are very grateful for uh, Kelly being part of StorySide as well as this new season uh, that he's in here at StorySide. So under the umbrella of, in the next 20 or 30 minutes, under the umbrella of we is greater than me, Helen Keller put it this way, uh, alone we can do so little, but together we can do so much. Alone we can do so little. Together we can do so much. The mindset is, you know, the average church, and I'm not comparing numbers. I'm just saying I, I was raised in church. My dad pastored, and, and so predominantly this is all I've ever known. They say the average church in North America is somewhere between 76 and 92 from different studies. And so I was raised where the pastor did everything. You know, my family would be the first to arrive the last to leave, my dad would run around with like 50 keys, and he's going to open everything, approve everything, so it could be kids' curriculum, it could, it could be really anything, ordering cleaning supplies, my dad's going to be doing it. Uh, and so again, 80% of churches, 80% of churches in North America are less than 150 people, and there are some great pros to that relationally and different things. There's some great pros to, to that church size we would be by far in the minority. We, we would be, uh, with our church size, we are, we are in the 0.04 percentile, less than half of 1%. And so our, our church uh, could get a lot of the digs of being shallow, you know, when it's big, no one knows you. And, and, and we are in the minority, so it's such a small percentage of people that can even try to defend what we're doing. Uh, I, I want to be in that percentage today. I want to say I'm thankful for a church that's baptized over 600 people the last four years. I want to give a shout out to the fact that kids ministry, student ministry, I believe it's strong, it's growing, we're looking for ways to improve, but I want to give a shout out to these people on the stage and others that I believe pastors story side well, 
Uh, and so when, when we talk about we is greater than me, what I want to share today is, is not that church and walls being built and rebuilt can be done by one, one person. There is no way that I could do all of this by myself. That's impossible. I would have to slide back into that 76, the 92, or 150 or less. I'd have to, and I've done that. I pastored in a place called Florenceville, about 150 people. I would have to slide back into that. The only way that we can do what we do here at StorySide is for people like these individuals on the stage today. And so we're going to talk about we being greater than me. I shared last weekend that Nehemiah doesn't build the wall because he has a burden. Nehemiah does not build the wall because he, ha- because he has a burden. He builds the wall because he has a team. Because he has a team. And if, if you look at what I believe God wants to do here in our region and our area, we will do it because we have a team of staff, but more importantly, we'll do it because we have a team like yourselves. People that really buy into playing your role on the rebuild of the wall. I want to read to you out of Nehemiah chapter 3. So the entire chapter is these words and verses, but I'm not, I'm not going to read all of it. I just want to give you a glimpse into, into really the, the entire chapter. Nehemiah 3 verse 4. You know what? I, am gonna, I wasn't going to have you read it, but I am. Even just looking at these words, PK rocked it out this week. She owned it like Merrimoth and Hackaws. She was saying it just like that's how it's supposed to be. But you know what? Go, go, ahead, and, go ahead and read those names. Verse 4. Merrimoth, son of Uriah. See how good she is at it? <laughs> the son of Hakaz repaired the next section. Next to him, Meshulam, son yep. of Berechiah, the son of Meshizabel. Meshizabel, there it is made repairs, and next to him, Zadok, son of Baana, also made repairs. Verse 5, the next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa, but their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work and under I, their supervisors. And I want everyone just to notice that, because we're going to talk about it in verse number 5. The whole chapter, if you start looking at it, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, all these people are saying, Pastor, I'm in. Pastor, I'll do it. You get to verse number 5. There's a group of people that's against it. And they're like, we're not going to do it. There's hardly a week goes by that I don't hear, well, someone said this about story side, and someone thinks this is silly, and someone said, why are we feeding? Someone said, why? Here's the reality. We're always going to have verse 5. There's always going to be someone at your family reunion, at Thanksgiving, at Christmas, there's always going to be someone saying something. I love that Nehemiah doesn't stop building the wall just because verse 5 kind of people. So... Verse 12, Shalom, son of Halohesh, ruler of a half district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section with the help of his daughters. And I love that. Verse 28, above the horse gate, the priests made repairs, each in front of his own house. Verse 29, next to them, Zadok, son of Emmer, made repairs opposite his house. Next to him, Shemaiah, son of Shekinah. I messed that one up every time. Shekinah. PK's got some Pentecost in her. I don't know if you guys knew that. She went through a season. She was Pentecost. I was. <laughs> when I first met her, she was. I was downtown. She came and sang. And <laughs> the guard at the East Gate made repairs. 
Next to him, Hananiah, son of Shelemiah, yep. and Hanan, the son, sixth son of Zalaph, repaired another section. Next to them, Meshulam, son of Berechiah, made repairs opposite his living quarters. Are you glad we only read six verses? Uh, there's a whole chapter of them. Uh, what I want you to notice, so there's two things I want you to notice. I want you to notice first, Billy, that if you count down through the word repair or repaired, if you, if you and Michelle just counted down through the entire chapter, you're going to count in this translation 38 times. Some of them have about 40 times. Repair, repaired, 38 to 40 times. That's the first thing I want you to notice because anytime we're going to build and rebuild, it's going to be full of repairs. Not going to build and rebuild a city, a community, a church, and not have a whole lot of repairing, right? Repairing people emotionally, repairing them, whether or not it's their family, their marriage, spiritually. You see a lot of repairs. The other thing that you're going to see in predominantly almost every verse, Dr. Mike, is next to him, next to them. So these unique names, and then it's going to say next to him, next to them, and over and over and over again, that's what you're going to see. That the wall gets rebuilt because it's next to him, next to, next to them. The word repair by definition means to fix or to mend something. I'm, I'm down in the front row, Pastor Kristen, thinking about the message, worship is going on, you know, I'm, I'm hearing, you know, you take what the enemy meant for evil, you turn it for good. And I'm reminded, for whatever reason this morning, I'm just reminded of you singing the song months back. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, he heard my despairing. For whatever reason, just moments ago, that's the word that just kept coming to mind, despairing. And in th because that's where they're at here with Nehemiah, broken, burned, buried, and out of all of that, out of all of that despair, if you would, the master of the sea, he reaches down and he pulls someone out of that and he rescues them. And that's what he did for Nehemiah, and he's still doing that in 2019. If I looked around the room today, this room is full of reparation stories. It's full of people that's saying, you know, whether it's two months ago, someone messaged yesterday, said the last two months we've been coming to StorySide, the best two months of our life. Whether it's two months or 10 years, this room is full of people that's saying, when I look back over my shoulder, I'm not where I was. God has brought me so far. Are you glad he's the God of repairs today? That he's the God of helping you and I to get back on our feet again. And so I, I want to start there, if we can, Pastor Kristen. You know, I would have to look no farther than you. You know, six years ago, this month, and now location pastor, worship pastor, you know, so much that you help with, and, and yet just six years is not a long time. Six years is not a long time to look back, and I know that now God is taking your healing, your strength. And now you're helping so many people on your team, so many people that you have influence with to get them back on their feet. Who, who are some people, what are some situations that you would say 
that you are just so proud of watching people rebound, heal here at Storyside? I could probably go down a list. Um, even when it comes to helping certain individuals that may be walking through divorce and they're really struggling with it emotionally, um, helping them know kind of what steps to take or just uh, right relationships and giving advice for uh, don't date too quick, <laughs> yep. you know. Um, but I, I, I think of one example of Brittany. I don't know if she's in the room right now, but she was just in a really, really dark time of her life. And probably I would consider to be hopeless and probably in her own words. And then just sitting down and talking with her and just being open, it, like a no-judgment zone, let me help you. Let me be an ear for you. Let me help lead you spiritually. I'm not a counselor, but let me help lead you spiritually and biblically and get you to whatever your next step is. And just over the past year or so, I've seen her grow so, so much. Yep. I mean, she's leading a, a team here and just in a, in a really, really healthy place. And when I compare where she was to where she is now, I think it's just amazing what God has done. So, Angel, because I, I think you and I, could sit up here and just talk story after story, person after person. But maybe, maybe just weigh, weigh in on, and I know we talked, Pastor Kristen uh, and Brittany, so many come to my mind, you know, our Freedom Nights people, um, individuals that even when we started working with them, we had other pastors in town that would have called us and said, you know, one guy called from Ashland and said a bad word, like, why are you using and named a name to a lady we were using? I don't think you and I, we started 16 plus years ago praying God would give us crumbs. We've never approved, when people come here and they've had affairs or addictions or whatever it is they have, and people's like, I can't believe, you know, you're letting them come. And we've never approved that. It's, it's, it's not like we're like, yay, for people sinning. And our heart has always been to get people back on, on their feet again. Uh, talk a little bit just over those 16 years about your heart, even beside me, just on seeing people maybe get a second chance again when other people is ready to write them off. It's very rewarding when you are a part of um, someone really turning their life around for the good. And, you know, so they're not going to be perfect still. No one is perfect, but at least they not, they're not where they were. And um, I, that's always a great feeling, know that you are helping someone out and you're not holding your gift for yourself. So I, I enjoy those moments when we hear all the stories of lives being changed. So, What about you, PJ, uh, just in the same vein? Like, you work with students. They're definitely not perfect, right? Like, how many... Not even close. How many late... <laughs> You know, how many late night calls, uh, how many meetings, and just constantly reminding ourselves we're a church of repairs, we're a church of repairs, we're a church of repairs. Uh, in your world, what are, what are some things you see God repairing in this area? I think, and I think we all would agree that especially this generation when it comes to identity, it's a big factor that a lot of people are searching for, and even people in this room, but a lot of people are searching for what they would view as what is my identity. 
and to see a student or even an adult come to the, the knowing and the, the understanding that my identity is rooted in Christ Jesus. Yep. It's not rooted in what I do. It's not rooted in my giftings. It's not rooted in my looks. It's rooted in that. Yep. I think that's huge. Um, and to get to see on my end, whether it's doing marital counseling with couples, um, just recently had a couple that had, um, had an affair, and it was a pretty bad affair. But to see it turn around, completely full circle, the husband say, I forgive you. The wife say, I forgive you. And to start moving forward, to see that, like, in real time. Yep. So we don't always see that. We see Sunday yep. here at church. We don't see the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yep. Friday, Saturday. But to see that and the healing take place and to get updates, like, hey, we're going on a date night. And, hey, we're talking through this stuff. Like, to me, that is amazing. And I want you to know, PJ, I tell people all the time, like, people don't get it. You know, I, I joke. You know, th this part is true. When I, when I was little, my parents, would, I, I said for years, I want to be a garbage man. For years. Um, that was my dream. We're, we're living in Prince Edward Island. I wanted to be a garbage man. I thought they only worked on Tuesdays. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I really did want to be a garbage man growing up. Um, and then I realized preachers only work on Sundays. And I'm like... I'm, I'm going to get one of these one-a-day jobs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But I know, I do know people think that ministry is like one day a week. Like, what do you do with your time? <laughs> but I, I, I said it earlier, and I mean it. I, I could not even quantify a number when I think of the amount of times that it could be late at night or what's supposed to be your off days or whatever, and I'll hear you meeting with a couple, talking to a couple. So just everything you do, I think it's in hearing stories like this, that, that makes me feel good. You know what I mean? Like when I hear you say they're going on a date night, we're giving them tools, they're forgiving each other, they're, I'm thankful for repairs. Uh, so, Pastor Desiree, because I got several different points I want to talk about, but, but what are some things when you think of repairs, uh, and you're, you're with people all the time, in the lobby, in the parking lot. What are some repairs that you see with people that you're just very grateful that God's healing people? Well, I think that at StorySide, just come as you are. Um, but also seeing even some of our team leads and people on our team just jumping in and not always knowing the why, just, just doing it. Just knowing yep. I need to serve, I need to be here, I need to be in the house. And sometimes we don't even realize the behind the scenes until later. Uh, people opening up to us and letting us know those things a little later. And it's awesome, just a testimony of someone with the same type thing, just different things they're dealing with at home. But they said, I just keep coming. I just keep coming and just seeing growth in their lives and seeing things then at home start changing because they're being faithful here. Wow. Uh, and she just sent me a text. She says, I've been all in with serving. And she says, I'm ready to be all in with tithing now too. And she sent me a text on Friday. She's like, I did it. I did my tithe. I'm so excited. And I told her, I cannot wait to see the blessings that are going to come in your life. You've, you're all in, all in. Like, That's awesome. So it's, it's been exciting to watch. That's awesome. You know, Tawny, um, and we, we, di we didn't necessarily talk it from this angle on Thursday night, but, but I've been thinking about it over the weekend. Sometimes it's easy to see the divorced person and be like, they need repaired or you know, the person who was burned at, you know, a church X amount of years ago, they need repaired. And sometimes we, we almost forget 
that there could be a little seven-year-old or a 10-year-old running around and they need repaired, uh, that they, they have little broken hearts, little broken spirits, and they need repaired. And you, you do awesome at it. You really do. I, I love that, that you love kids. In your world, almost 1,600 kids, what are some things that you have seen in the last year or two that God is repairing our children? As you're talking, I'm just thinking about how kids feel pain just like we do. And a lot of times they, I will watch as they hide it, as they're almost like ashamed or they're embarrassed and they feel like they can't talk to anybody about it because they're supposed to be a kid and have fun. And I think of multiple, multiple kids. I think of foster kids that are, that are not going into kid service and they're staying in the play area because they just miss mom. And I think of um, Josie, um, a girl that goes here, and she came up to me uh, a couple of weeks ago, and just we were talking about bullying, we were talking about praying for our enemies, and um, getting a stronghold over over people that try to hurt us. And she was she came up to me and was like, "I need to talk to you about this. I had a little girl call me fat on the playground a year ago." And I was the very first person that she told, and she was harboring in that pain, just like we do sometimes. Um, and it just broke my heart, and we ended that conversation um, doing just what we were learning about, praying for our enemies. She actually prayed for her and prayed that God would show up in her life. And it was very powerful, and, and you could just see the, the emotion in her face, and, and God's wow. taking her through that healing process. It's really amazing to wow. see. So, Kelly... I don't want to. I don't want to dive too deep into this, and a lot of times people will ask, like Pastor Micah, you know, are all the questions planned? And not really. I I think people <laughs> who sit up here wish they were. Um, I'm like, anyone want to fill these couches? Like, uh, how about come on down? Uh, so Kelly, we've not talked about this, but when I think of repairs. And I think of where you're at right now, even what God's beginning to do in your life. You were at a church locally, a good friend of mine, one of my better friends, and he goes through a tough, tough season. I don't give up on my friends. I still talk to him now all the time. Uh, but he failed. A lot of people turn on him. A lot of ugly things are said. I'm not condoning any of it, but I had met you when I had preached at the church, and you took me to Cheddar's, um, and I get the salmon with the bourbon glaze and the broccoli cheese, whatever that is. Oh, so good. Um, but I never dreamed, I never dreamed in that moment that you would end up here. Definitely didn't dream that you would end up, you know, helping with our team and, you know, pre-service prayers and, you know, so much of what you guys do on a weekend. But for you, even in that season of your life, when it's almost like a curveball comes, it would be so easy to almost just fade away, not to get closer. It would be easier just to fade away and just, just be like, I'm going to love Jesus and, you know, maybe stay back here somewhere because you had, you know, a pretty important position there as well. What are some ways that coming here to Storyside out of that hurt and out of you know, that situation, what are some ways that you feel God helped repair you 
not, not only just spiritually, but even just your belief in the church and vision and trust? And how did God help repair you in all of that? Well, when you go through a season uh, and you're in a, uh, a place where you feel comfortable, you feel God's moving, you feel that uh, doors have been opened and you had this opportunity to, to serve and, and to forge relationships, and then all that is just taken away from you very suddenly. Um, as Pastor mentioned, there's a, there's a desire to just kind of fall back into the shadows, there's a desire, there's a temptation uh, that I think that the enemy just waits for times like this to take someone like my wife and I and just put us on the shelf and say, you know, you're, you're no longer worthy, you're no longer usable, um, there's not a place for you, uh, look what your leader did. If that's going to happen to him, what's going to happen to you? So you get these doubts and you get these fears that just kind of start to creep in. You begin to doubt your self-worth and your ability to, um, to be a part of what the church is doing. We come to StorySide, and right away, we began to feel the presence of God in a way that I hadn't felt before. And we felt it. From the time we pulled into the parking lot to the time we came into the auditorium, we felt it through the music, we felt it through the message. Afterwards, we felt it just by shaking hands and, and meeting people. And I guess the, 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 the most important thing here at StorySide is that we all are a link in the chain that, that brings us all closer to God. So by, by then give me, being given the opportunity for my wife and I to then serve, uh, I think we started out serving in the cafe at the time. Um, that just began to rebuild our feelings that, yes, we can be used, good, that we God. can be a part of this church. And it began the, the repair and the healing for us. That's good, Kelly. Um, and then it has just continued to grow. So as we sit here today, uh, doors continue to open for opportunities for us to be a part of what StorySide is doing. Don't let those moments, those seasons in your life discourage you from, from being a part of what God is doing here at StorySide. There are opportunities here, and being involved in serving is part of the healing process, the rebuilding process, and you build confidence, and, and you see the loyalties. You know, this, this team that I get to serve on, and I, I don't, I don't want to take up too much time, but this team I get to serve on and lead is such an exceptional group of men. Um, and we have such diversity. When I look at, at uh, people like Isaac and Nick, you know, 18, 20 years old, I get to serve with them. And then I get to serve with with men that are my age. I'm 57. And then we, we've got a rock star in our team. That's Rick Fisher. I think he's 112. <laughs> 110, excuse me. I, I, sorry, Rick. So, you know, this diversity, yep. but we're all links in this chain. That's good, Kelly. And uh, any time that a link becomes broken, the chain becomes weak. And we have to recognize that in our teams, that if we have a, 
a link in our team that's broken or fractured, rally around them. Let's encourage them. Let's build them back up because we're only as strong as the links in the chain. It's just like the wall. That wall is only as strong as, the, as how well it's built. And when there's gaps in that wall, the wall is weak. And that's what I love about this, uh, this, this message series. But, and last thing I'll say is, is in, we read about um, how people are rebuilding this, but then you get to chapter 5 or verse 5, and it says the noble said, no, we're not going to participate. You know, I think, I think that's an image of pride is what I was seeing there is they're, they're just too prideful to serve, to be a part of rebuilding. And that can be a real cancer. And I'm, I'm so thankful that here at StorySide, I don't see that. I don't see pride being an issue in serving. So it's so encouraging to me when I see that. That's good. I think a fair question that all of us can ask ourselves today is what needs repaired in our life. You know, so we hear Pastor Kristen say, Brittany, we hear Pastor Josiah say, I'm meeting with a couple, and now they're going on a date night, and now, like, we hear that. We hear Tawny saying, I talked to this little kid, and, you know, they confessed their hurt from a year. I think everyone in the room and on Facebook Live, we need to ask ourselves, what is God repairing in my life? And whether we're the child or whether we're up in years, is he continuing to repair a burden, trust, confidence, faith? You know, Pastor Desiree saying someone tied this weekend for the first time. Is, is he repairing a spirit of generosity in your life? Uh, because it's important to ask ourselves. I, I think we're constantly going through repairs. You know what I mean? I, I've pastored for years, and I think Angel and I would both say God's always repairing, 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 building, rebuilding. And I think we should all ask ourselves that question today. And not only what needs rebuilt, because we, we could talk right now and Zach could tell me, Pastor Mike, I need this rebuilt. I think the next question is then, am I taking the necessary steps to rebuild it? So it's one thing for the couple to say, affair, issues, but are you now being accountable to someone? Are you taking the, the date night? Are, so I think all of us could say, are we taking the necessary steps to rebuild in our lives? And... Then owning the part, I love what Kelly's saying about the chain. I think we have to own the rebuild. So we talk about all the things that need done in Richland County and Knox County and Crawford County. We talk about all of that, but are you doing your part? When the bucket passes by, do you do your part? When it comes to the dream team serving, have you been through grow? Are you doing your part? If you're wanting your marriage to turn around, is it all, always about your spouse? Well, if she would change, if he would change... Or are you doing your part? Because some people ask God to move mountains, they won't even pick up a shovel. Right? So like we want to do our part. How many want to do your part in every area of your life? Billy Sunday put it this way, if you don't do your part, don't blame God. I love that. If you don't do your part, don't blame God. When, when you look, Pastor Kristen, at this chapter, and I would love to talk for an hour just about this point. I really would. I love this point this much. When you look at this chapter, it is full next to him, next to them. 
next to him, next to them. I honestly think some churches get stuck because they're not willing next to him, next to them. I've been in over 300 churches. A lot of them will ask me, Pastor Micah, can you consult? Can you give us some advice? And I don't have all the answers, but I think one of the main answers is you're not willing to work next to him, next to them. Like there's some churches, the moment they would see verse number 12, They'd walk over to verse number 12, and in chapter 3, there's some dad working with his daughters. They'd be like, I'm not working with women. I know we don't want to say it, but it's true. I've been in some churches like, I'm not working with women. Like, you can attend, but, you know, you can't do communion, or you can't be on the prayer team, or you can't be in a leadership role. Like, I'm out. I, I think some churches... They'll say they want to build the wall, like we want to rebuild the wall. And then they'll come over to their position and look over here and see someone that votes different or pastors different or parents different or, and they're like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not building a wall by someone who votes different than me. I think some people, and, and it's really blunt to say, but I think some people could just turn this way and see someone with a different skin color and say, uh, I only go to church with, not going to the church with Latinos, not going to church with African American people, not. So we say we want to rebuild the wall, but do you really, do you really like put yourself out there to say, next to him? next to them and so you hear me say PK all the time and I don't know what the number is now just the last number I was told is that we have 17 backgrounds here at our church so I joke when you're reading all those names you know you have in some Pentecostal Pentecostal flair which is true Raise Jehovah's Witness. We now, we now come here, and Nathan and Cody, what did you come out of? What is it? Lutheran. Um, so you come out of out of Lutheran. Gaddis says, "What? What? How are you? Like, what's your religious background? Methodist? Pardon? Hey, uh, Doctor Brad and Becky." Your, your, your church background was what? Church of God? So they tell me they're 17. There are some people on the planet that are convinced that's impossible. There's no way that a Methodist, Church of God, Lutheran, someone, Jehovah's Baptist, Jehovah Witness, Jehovah Baptist. Hey, what is, what's a Jehovah Baptist? Baptists do have a lot, though. First Baptist, Second Baptist, Third Baptist, Primitive Baptist, United Baptist. They got a lot of them. Um, what, when, when you stand out here and you start singing and you start leading in worship and you look out in a room with potentially 17 different backgrounds. A couple years ago, our largest growth was Catholicism. 
and you look out, and some of these people have been told, you don't clap, you don't raise hands, you don't show emotion, you don't have a tear, you don't. And I know I'm biased, but even when I travel, I always think I'm so glad Pastor Kristen leads worship at home. I'm not, like, I can't wait to be back here. What would you say, even leading worship, when it comes to your appreciation for 17 backgrounds, give or take, that most people would say it's impossible? There's no way. High five someone close to you, and there's no way in ministry moments that a Lutheran can come up to a Baptist and they're going to cry together. and Like, there's no way, Micah, that can't happen, but it happens weekend after weekend after weekend. What, it, what are some of your thoughts or appreciation when it comes to StorySide being unified in spite of the diversity they have? Well, for my... <laughs> for... <laughs> I told you they've not been getting along this week. <laughs> Pastor Josiah's like, watch this. Uh, <laughs> I've heard enough of her. Like, <laughs> uh, from my just from my upbringing, um, I was taught for just from zero to eighteen that the church was I wasn't allowed to come to church. That the building itself um, could fall down if God came back. So, and that was just the, the Jehovah's Witness upbringing. So I remember coming in just when I, when I found Christ, when I started my relationship with Christ, um, I used to be scared to be in the house. And then I started um, in the, the other denomination that I was in, and I saw I was a witness to certain types of division. I think being at StorySide, where 17 or however many backgrounds, you know, maybe you've had two or three different it's like a breath of fresh air. I, just the grace of God and the hope that we feel. And I can walk and high-five somebody from all different walks of life. Not just religion, but no. just all different walks of life. Different age, different skin tone. And nobody shudders, you know, when, when I, if, you know, if I walk up to you, it doesn't matter what age. Like, I love the fact that I can see Terry Wolf and hug him. Different background, different ages. Um different walks of life, different experience. You know, he came That's to good. Christ, you know, baptized in an older age. I love that I can be in God's presence and experience that with all of you. I just love the hope, the grace, Amen. the peace, the, unific the unity, really. I love that. I want to encourage you to, and I'm sure you're doing it, but continue to be stretched I try to do the same thing. I will talk to families that eat some of our Grace Brethren, families that have come, and different families, and they'll start sharing with, this is why we did what we did. You have actually caused me to revisit some of my own things, where I'll go back and read and study, and I'm just asking all of you, keep stretching, keep, keep growing. I think, I think it's a picture of heaven. When John saw heaven and he said, I saw every tribe, every nation, every tongue, like as far as the eye, like... I think when we come in here, even if everyone's not exactly like you, uh, just ask God to continue to stretch and open your heart with it, that we are one body, right? We're not really 17 backgrounds, we're one name. We have one name, the name of Jesus. So here's, and, and when I say, and I'll just have a few minutes, but, but Tawny, when I say 
I wish I had an hour to talk about this. I wish I had an hour to talk about this for story side this weekend to realize how many people it takes to build this wall. So Sam Chan says that culture is how we do things here. I can't speak for 247 churches in the whole area. I need to speak for StorySide. So, you know, we have the signage team for passerbys because passerbys to me matter as much as parishioners. They really do. Uh, that's why I want out there the signs, the smiles. We try to schedule diversity. So if they say millennials don't go to church, I want millennials by 97. If they say men don't go to church, 89%, I want men out there by the road. So like Pastor Desiree, I've heard you say, you know, the tables, the reason they're sitting in a certain place is because uh, where we serve is because where we stand because. And I, and, and I think StorySide, for me even this weekend, I like for them to know that we really try to think through everything we do. Uh, it's not just like flying by the seat of our pants. And when I look at the signage by the road and why that matters to me, so they may pull by 50 times, my hope is on time 51, that they're like, wow, I'm a man or a millennial or, you know, different skin, like I'm going to pull in there. I want to give it a shot. That's my hope. That they say no, 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 and one day they'll say yes. Then it goes to parking lot team. So signage, costumes, people jumping around, twirling, and then you get your Chad Thakers and juniors and, and Alan Martins and Alex's and Mark Finello's and Mark always wearing his different crazy hats and like I love it. Like when I go to other churches and they don't have any of that, I'm always like, guys, like you don't realize what you're missing. And they're like, hey, we got this here and we got a VIP and then hospitality hosts, meeting people at cars and walking them in, and we have three waves of greeting, and why we do three waves of greeting, so at some waves, they'll hand you things, at other waves, they're not going to hand you things, and all reasons why we do that. And then we have chairs prayed over, and kids check in, and cafe, and you know, just all of these things. It takes hundreds and hundreds of people to do that. You don't, like, when, when I tell you we is greater than me, I mean it. We is greater than me. Nehemiah doesn't build the wall because he has a burden. Micah and Angel, we don't do this because we're like, hey, it takes a team. And so I say all that to say we get to the kids ministry and how many people do you have on StorySide's kids ministry team? Uh, across all locations, we have about 120 to 130 volunteers that see the value in kids. And in I think of the... Um, the saying that it takes a village to raise a child yep. and train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they grow old, they won't depart from it. I couldn't, you said I pastor 1,600 kids. It's 120 to 130 that pastor 1,600 kids. Yep. And so when you think of it, <laughs> when you think of it through the lens of what Kelly said, everyone understanding the link on the chain. There are some of those things that we mention that are nowhere near as noticeable as some of the other areas. So if the win is I want everyone to notice me, then there's all kinds of areas of story side that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? So like 
you may notice Pastor Kristen a lot, or you may notice whoever is preaching or communicating, or you may know, but, but there's, there are hundreds of people, hundreds, that you've probably never noticed. And I want to celebrate all of those people today that maybe we don't always see them, but if we pulled that link out of the chain, right? If that link was out of the chain, it wouldn't be the same. Next to him, next to them. Next to him, next to them. When I, when I share all of that, Pastor Kristen, that's just Sunday. Give us, give us just some numbers. Like, I often say, if, if I wasn't pastoring, if, if Angel and I decided to step away from pastoring, I would have a hard time finding another church because I want to go to a church that believes in the Great Commission, that's reaching people, baptizing people, internships, training. My kids could be planted, learn about Jesus, community, feeding. I like, it almost spoils me having all those things. Like, I, I don't want to just go to church to go to church. I want to go where people are trying to be the church. Uh, share some of the things that could happen every week or every month here at StorySide just when it comes to our missions, our outreach, some of those things. Um, whenever we ha host a Freedom Night, uh, Chris talked about these numbers just over the last, in 2018, excuse me, we had 600 plus people go through Freedom Nights. That's either in, on a Monday or Tuesday in Mount Vernon or Belleville. He's expecting to double that number in 2019. Uh, anytime the team is in the Dominican Republic, we are able to minister to 500 plus children. We have the marketplace meetup, almost 100 different business leaders that meets uh, throughout the month. Uh, we provide meals to roughly 140 people, homeless people, twice a month through our partnership with People Helping People. One of our highest and weekly monthly missions is our art church planning where we can we're a part of planning 20 new churches 20 per churches week. this weekend are planned. We, so it is right there at the top with our mission yep. support. I actually saw a message just came through on my phone this morning. They're planting 20 churches this weekend alone, and we're, we're part of supporting that every single That's right. month. So. And then even um, this past year when we, the, we were a part of... Um, one Nation One Day in Peru, we were able to support um, financially and giving over, like it was thousands and thousands, I believe 5,000 following Jesus books to the people of Peru, and it was given in their language. Um, and then we have that opportunity again for next year when we go to uh, Los Angeles. I love it. So guys, as we wrap up the message today, I almost want to challenge you. I, I know it's unique names. I would love for you to read chapter three sometime this week. Uh, the other day when Dr. Brady was adjusting me and uh, he, he had his Bible there with like a ton of post-it notes and put his glasses on. And I, I, Dr. Brad, I love studying Nehemiah with you the other day at your house. So it went from adjustment to let's study for a while. He might become one of my new study partners. He's like, what about this verse? And what about this verse? And I loved it. I loved every minute of that. Dr. Brad, how old are you? 72 years young. I am 46. Next to him, next to them. Next to him, next to them. Do me a favor, Kelly, if you'll stand. You said 50, 57, Tawny, 21. 
Will you just stand? 57, 57, 21. Male, female. Next to him, next to them. Angel, come on over with me if you will. I, I know everyone always sees Micah, and I've said this before, but the truth of the matter is the reason Micah's even made it to now going on 17 years here is this woman right here. This is not, this is not all Micah right here. We joke about Pastor Kristen and Pastor Josiah having a rough week. I'm just kidding with that. Why don't you guys stand right here? White, butler, bearded. <laughs> Black. <laughs> next to him, next to them. You were raised Pentecost, right? Pentecost. Jehovah's Witness church fall in. I, I know this is a blunt message. I even told the team, like, I don't want to put this on TV. It's not really a TV kind of message. I, again, I can't speak for every other church. I'm not, not, I don't have nothing to prove against. I'm just going to stand before God one day, and I will answer if we were able to build a church that was 57-21, black, white, male, female. Tell me again, what was you? You're a Lutheran? Will you come over really quick and, and stand beside the Gaddises? The two of you, we just come stand beside the Gaddises? Come down here, babe. And what was you again, Amy? Methodist. Methodist. We, ha we have anyone with a Catholic background? Catholic. Will you stand up right here in the third row, Catholic back? Yep, stand up right here. Dr. Mike, Jewish background, right? Will you stand up beside Catholic, Jewish beside the Catholic? I just, I really want you to understand this. Next to him, next to them. Brian, Brian, stand up. So when Pastor Kristen or Pastor, when they reference Brian's dad, your dad's, is he 87 or? 79. 79. Was that a church? Is Terry in here somewhere? Is he in the back serving in safety? He, Terry, can you come up here? Can you come up here? Will someone open that stanchion? Let Terry come up here. So Terry was out of church, I think 50 or 60 years. And God has done unbelievable things in Terry's life. I love what God is doing. Come, come on up here, Terry. Lane, come on over here, honey, will you? Lane's one of our new stage shows and interns and part-time staff. How old are you, Lane? 19. 19. And Terry... <laughs> come, come right close to each other, if you will. Next to him, next to them. Nehemiah, and we already heard about it in verse number five. And can we put that verse on the screen in, in the, the, the voice translation that was in Dr. Brad's Bible? I text the team. I'm like, hey, I read this in Dr. Brad's Bible. Add this to the screen. Do, do we get that verse that we can put up, verse number five? It said in verse number five, the long-standing nobles refused to be part of what the new leadership was doing. The long-standing nobles refused to be a part of what the new leadership was doing. Here's, here's the reality, is that if we're going to build and rebuild walls next to him, next to them, we cannot do it 
if Terry says, I'm not going to a church with a bunch of those young, you know, running around, making noise, twirling. I'm not doing that. But nor do I want to be part of a church. I don't want to be part of a church where it's all lame saying, we're never going to sing. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise. Like, I don't want that, Pastor Micah. The healthiest church is when it's both next to him, next to them, right? When you look at Catholic, Jewish, when you look at male, female, young, old, when you look at all of that, that bleeds and that breeds. If, if you cut story side, you're going to sense diversity, but you're going to feel unity. Feel unity. Now, as we get ready to pray today, as we get ready to pray on behalf of Angel and I, and I know, I know it's a unique message, but on behalf of Angel and I, thank you, everyone, for playing your part. I know it would be easy for, you know, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Paul told Timothy, stir up what's in your mother and grandmother. That's three generations. Listen, I travel enough to know it would be easy for everyone to say, we want to be a church that's just young people, or we want to be a church that's just older people, or middle-aged people. It'd be easy to grumble, like, I'm out of the loop. No one cares about me anymore. I'm 57. There's no place for me. I, I get it. I see enough churches where it's easy to get offended and mad and frustrated and quit. Angel and I want to thank you for believing in next to him, next to them. I want to stand here today... I want to stand here today and I want to tell 130 kids workers that I maybe don't have the chance to walk through every classroom and hallway every weekend and say thank you, and some of them are serving now, I want to publicly say thank you. I want to thank signage teams and parking lot teams that stand out in rain, in snow, in inclement weather, and they serve week. Chad Thaker and I had sushi the other day and Chad was telling me it was seven or eight years now that he serves and he's like, I never want to call off. That's what he told me at lunch. I never want to call off because I don't want to let people down. They pull on the property. I want to make sure that I'm there and ready and prepared to park the car and to make sure everything's covered. Seven or eight years, you don't want to call off. I, I, and there's hundreds of them, so I can't list every one. But I just want to publicly say that Angel and I value every one of you because when I say 600 baptisms and when I say fresh starts and when I say new beginnings, here's what we know. We know that when people pull on the property and it's a sign like, honk if you want good things, and we're parking a car and someone's been here since six or seven getting everything ready and coffee prepared and kids check in, worship practices and Tuesday night and hours and hours, we know that all of that culminates in sitting in a room like this and me saying with every eye closed and no one looking around and if there's someone here and you're broken or burned or buried and you want to be rebuilt maybe you've been saying no but today you want to say yes and in that moment I watch it every weekend all of a sudden someone's hand starts going up in the air and I see a lot of times they start doing this as they're raising their hand I know that that hand didn't start raising five minutes ago that hand was raising an hour and a half ago 
when they pulled on the property and they saw the smile and they sensed the love. And I wanna say thank you to every person. Come on, StorySide, will you join me in appreciating every individual that makes our house, our family, our church what it is. Come on, let them know you love them. Every kids worker, every Freedom Nights worker, every, everyone feeding down on the square, everyone in our prison and jail ministry, everyone running the media, the production, the cameras. We love you. We appreciate you. Stay standing with us if you will. I want to pray over every one of you. God will continue to give you strength. I want to pray over the people that's been thinking about getting more involved, more plugged in, that today would be your day to take the leap. Once a month, once a quarter, it'll help you build new relationships. Maybe you've been healing for a while, but today you're ready to say, you know what, I think I want to do it, Micah. I think I want to be part of that family. I want to help someone else experience what I've experienced. You could model it, even watching the two of them up here holding hands. This is beautiful to me. This is beautiful to me. You want to model a church next to him, next to them. If we'll do that, we can build a wall. Come on, Ohio. If we do this, young, old, male, female, that's what the Bible says in the kingdom of God. It's not Jew or Greek, bond or free, male or female. We've all been brought into the body of Christ. Can build a wall. So we close our eyes today and no one looking around. Maybe you've heard this message and you're saying, Pastor Mike, I need repaired. I need repaired from sin in my life or shame. Maybe some of you, it is just religious hurt and you need repaired. But if you're here today, you, you would just say, would you pray for me at 1026 a.m.? Would, would you say a prayer for me, Pastor Mike? I I need him to repair me. Would you just slip up a hand right now just so I know who I'm praying for? Thank you. Thank you. I need repaired. Thank you. Thank you. God, I thank you for repairing today. Thank you repair, for repairing my friends from the academy. I love them. Thank you for repairing people with religious hurt. Thank you for redeeming people from sin today. The Bible says we're all born in sin. We're all born in sin. Sin just keeps us away from God. But Jesus filled the gap, died on a cross, so that we could be redeemed and repaired. For people today that want to repent and turn from sin, I thank you that even in this moment, this prayer right now, you can forgive them. You could save them today. They could leave totally different than how they came. They could log off totally different than how they started this morning. I thank you for saving people today. I thank you for building and rebuilding our lives. And I celebrate all of the repairs that are taking place and all of the people that help it happen. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.